For the Girl Fam, it is finally February, and that means that it is For the Girl Tour Month. It's happening as we speak, and there's still time for you to check out if we're coming to a city near you and to grab your tickets at ForTheGirlTour.com. Yes, it's going to be a big old party, and you do not want to miss it. So grab your flights, go on the road trip, text a girlfriend, make the thing happen, you guys. It's going to be the best ever. We'll see you there in just a couple days. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the For The Girl podcast. We are currently on tour. We're halfway through, guys. We've done three of our stops. We've been to Charlotte. We've been to Dallas, Texas, and we were in Long Beach, California last weekend. And we still have three more stops. I'm so excited. Ken's, we're still going three more places. We're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're in Anywhere close yes. to those places, you better be scooting your boot on over to ForTheGirlTour.com and getting your tickets so we can see you there. Yes. Do you have some highlights oh gosh, from tour yes. thus far that you would like to share? My favorite things have probably been meeting all of you genuinely, just getting to hear the stories. I feel like we've come across lots of girls who are like, I've listened to your podcast for so long now, and it kept my faith alive in really dry seasons. And that's probably been my favorite part, just getting to hear those stories and see faces and remember what it's all about. So that's a highlight for sure. I mean, dancing is always a highlight. It's always really nerve wracking before it happens. And then I get up there just laughing at ourselves. And <laughs> I love those kind of moments. You already know. Um, having roomfuls of girls just worshiping Jesus mm. and responding to him and experiencing freedom. I mean, at the end of the night, it feels like the beginning of the night, everybody walks in and is like, here for an event, da, 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 yeah. just acting normal. And then they leave just like wild and crazy and so free in the spirit and feeling right at home. So I don't know. It's been the best ever. I can't even believe we're halfway through. I know. I can't believe it too. It's been amazing. So awesome. It really is so fun at the end of the night just to hear stories of all of you guys, of what God did maybe at tour or even what God has done just through maybe listening to this podcast or doing one of our Bible studies. I think Ken's and I do this so often behind our phone screens, behind our computer screens, and it's so easy to forget and almost like lose sight that God is moving through all of this. And we're just really, really grateful that you guys choose to listen to this podcast choose to be a part of For the Girl. Mm -hmm. It's really incredible and really awesome. And we wanted to make sure that all of our podcast listeners got the invitation to be a part of something that we are really, really excited about. One thing we've been talking about each and every night on tour is just how like it's so fun to be in a room where we talk about Jesus and we sing about Jesus and the transformative love of being in relationship with Jesus. But we don't want it to just stop 
there. We want that love of Jesus inside of us that we kind of get through listening to this podcast or we encounter through a worship experience. We want that to be the love that compels us to go out and to love the world around us and to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around us. And so this tour season, we decided to partner with Operation Christmas Child. And I think a lot of you are probably familiar with who Operation Christmas Child is. They're the organizations that pack the red and green shoeboxes around Christmas time that get sent to children all over the world. And we are partnering with them this tour season to actually build and send 300 online shoeboxes to children all over the world. And a couple of things that I think is super important to mention. Number one is Operation Christmas Child is so much more than just sending like a box of goodies to a child. They're all about sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus with children and their families. And they do this in some really cool and incredible ways. And just the stories of families that have encountered Jesus through the simple gift of a shoebox has been incredible. And if I've just been on their website and talked to some people on their staff and hearing these stories is so incredible and so powerful. And then also another thing I think it's I want to note here is you don't actually have to pack the shoebox yourself physically. We've made it really easy for you. It's an online shoebox that's super easy to build. Ken, do you want to tell them a little bit more about what that looks like and how they can do that? Yes. It's so much fun. Okay. There's a little link in our show notes. So you have to click that, but what you do, click it. It's $25 to pack a box and takes probably what, five minutes. It's so easy. easy. And And really actually fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a little game. I feel like you, you go on there and then basically you can choose all your items from different toys or toiletries or clothing items or whatever you find on there. Mm -hmm. And Yes, it's super quick, super easy, and like Max said, has a huge, huge, huge impact in the sense of it shares the gospel with people that don't hear it on an everyday basis and don't have access to it. And yeah, we have a goal of reaching 300, 300. packing, yes. 300 boxes over the next basically month yeah. on tour. And I just checked, so- and we have packed 30 boxes so far, which means that we are 10% on our way to our goal, which is an amazing start. I love it. 30 boxes is incredible, but I just am so believing and so praying for those next 270 boxes. I think $25 is such it's such a perfect number because it is a step of obedience. I know $25 feels like a lot for a lot of you listening to this, but it's also really doable. You know, it's five coffees, it's five trips to Starbucks mm-hmm. that you can give up, or it's, you know, your it Netflix is. subscription and your Hulu subscription for the month or whatever it is, whatever little sacrifices you can make this month to really be a part of this campaign and to be a part of sharing the good news of Jesus with children all over the world through a really tangible gift and also through the encouragement and just the teaching that comes along with it. I think it's such an important and powerful thing that we can do to not just talk about the goodness of Jesus, not just listen about the goodness of Jesus, to actually put our faith into action and to tangibly Mm -hmm. be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around us. Yes. So go to the link in our show notes, take a few minutes 
and do that. There's something about giving back that just brings so much joy. So whether you're in a tough season or feel like you're on the top of the mountain, making a decision today to give back matters so much. So we are so excited to see the For the Girl fam rally together and make this happen. And oh my gosh, if we haven't seen you on For the Girl Tour, we can't wait to see you there in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be the best time ever, wrapping up, getting to worship together and encounter Jesus. And then even more importantly, we're so excited for this episode. We are talking to the girl who feels like God just might not care or maybe just you feel overlooked or unseen. Well, this episode is for you. We have a special guest and she's the best. So get ready for an amazing episode. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to jump into today's episode. We have a very very special guest, honestly, one of our favorite follows and good friends, Lacey Abercrombie. Did I say that right? Is your last name really pronounced? It really is. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, we are so excited. Lacey, you guys, she is a social media gal. She's on the TikTok. She's on the gram. She's on all the things. But Lacey, could you just start off to share a little bit more about yourself, what you do? And yeah. So I, um, I'm on TikTok and I have a character named Jezzy Beth, and it's short for Jezebel Bathsheba. And she is she's a Christian women's conference speaker, and she just really pokes fun at all of the ins and outs of what us ladies as followers of Jesus do. Sometimes it's just a little icky. So she has the tone of voice and the breathy prayers and the way that we sometimes change who we are in front of certain people to appear holier. Jessie Beth is just that girl. And so I created her as just a way for people to laugh at the things that we do and, and have a lighthearted bridge, hopefully to connect people back to Jesus. So um, that's really what I, that's like my main thing. And my following has grown just because of TikTok. So now I hope to just like honestly be just an encourager on social media and encourage people and make people laugh and point people to Jesus. So, yeah, I love it. It's so awesome. So, I just am so curious, Lacey, like, what is a day in the life for you? What What's a day <laughs> yes. in the life for you and Jesse Beth? What are you guys doing up there? <laughs> what are me, me and JP? That actually would be a really funny video. So, yeah, like inspiration. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I usually wake up pretty early. I like to spend like some solid time um, just in in God's word. Okay, period. But I actually really do love that's like the best way to wake up. Nobody can tell yeah. me different. I like to read. I like to journal. I journal a lot, write a lot of stuff down and spend time just like listening to worship music or watching a sermon or whatever that looks like to start the day off. Usually reheat my coffee like three to four times in the microwave, depending on how fast I can drink it. But I also have a small business. I have a couple small businesses. One is called Love Your Neighbor and I make really cute crewnecks and shirts and trucker hats that say love your neighbor and then another one is neighborhood media so I actually am a social media marketer and I help people with their social media so I do graphic design content creation copyright video editing all kinds of like stuff that just helps people grow on their social media and I like to help small businesses small churches people that don't really have a budget for a full-time social media director so I do that yeah. so I usually do that all day long and then uh, in the evening time, I really like to play Skipbo with my friends. It's a card game. <laughs> so I like oh, to play cards. Skip-o. I love Skipbo and I love Phase 10. And I usually like to play cards with friends or like, you know, watch a little rom-com or something. 
Yes. Wait, cute. I love it. And you're a Texas yes. gal, right? Or yes, I'm actually right from now. Dallas, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Amazing. Oh, no way. I love it. I love That's so That's- cool. I liked your thorough walk through your day. And yeah, I would love to see in the day in the life of, of Jesse Beth one day too. I'm going to be waiting for it. On <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Well, we're really excited about this conversation and just getting to hear a little bit more about your story. Our episode is for the girl who wonders if God really cares. And I think this is something that if we all got super honest with ourselves, there's probably moments in our life where we just really ask ourselves that question, like, God, do you really see me? Do you really care about me? Because if you cared, fill in the blank, we'd say like, you would do this for me, or you would answer this prayer, or you wouldn't have let this happen in my life. And I think this is just a question that we often wrestle with, but we don't really admit often. We don't really let that question come to the surface. And so I love this whole conversation because we're just going to wrestle with that question of, God, do you care? Do you actually see us in the midst of our stories and our hardships and our hurt and our brokenness? Do you care? And so we wanted to just jump off this episode with you just sharing a little bit of your backstory and a little bit of kind of the journey that led you to where you are today, because I know your story hasn't been easy. It's maybe not the story that I feel like maybe a lot of Christians grew up with. And so I'm really excited for you to just share and then us to kind of jump in with more questions about how God cared in the midst of it. But yeah, we'd love to hear just the the full backstory. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, so my parents got divorced whenever I was seven months old. So I always start my story there just because that's not a common story. But I always like to make the joke like fresh out of the womb. I was just honestly born into chaos, like just instability, no anger. Um, my mom is on her fourth marriage. My dad is on his fifth. I've had lots of stepmom, stepdad, stepbrothers, stepsisters, and just a lot of instability, really, uh, growing up. No firm foundation. And I grew up with my mom. She had custody of us for the most part of our life. And I think some of the hardest parts of growing up with my mom was that when she was younger, she didn't understand what it really meant to be loved and to live out of the abundance of knowing that you're loved by God and how much that shapes and changes you. So she would try to look for that in other men. And so I think as a young tiny tot that was instilled in me that that was the way to be loved and receive love and if you aren't loved that way your value is not as much and so when I was three years old my mom married a man who was involved in the church he was um he was a believer we went to this amazing church and we would get together every single night and say the Lord's Prayer. We would all hold hands. His He had two kids and my mom had us three, my, my two brothers and I. We would all say the Lord's Prayer before bed and go to sleep. But that's the same man that actually physically abused my mom for years of our life. And we have we saw it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, and his son actually ended up abusing both my brothers and I also. And so that's a huge part of our story. And if, you're, if you've ever... If I've ever wondered if God cared about me, that would be the starting point of when I was like, this God that we're praying to, and we're praying, our Father right in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come and your will be done. I'm like, is this your will? Is this your kingdom? And I was little, like three to five years old, but the question started then. The gears started turning in my mind of like, okay, we're going on a Sunday morning and we're worshiping this God of the universe that's so big and that's supposed to love and care for us. But when we go home, this is our reality that we're faced with. And... 
my mom got out of that relationship, praise the Lord. And Mm -hmm. she ended up doing a lot of healing. And I'm really proud of the woman that she is today. And she makes me very proud to call her my mom. And at age 10, uh, my mom had to uh, give custody to my dad, just some crazy circumstances, financial things that had happened. She just really kind of didn't have another choice there. And my dad is a functioning alcoholic Mm -hmm. and Um, has been in and out of just um, dealing with drug addiction. But alcohol addiction has been his crippling issue ever since I can remember, since I was like tiny, tiny. I remember him Mm -hmm. struggling with alcohol. And to move in at age 10, which is a pivotal, pivotal time in a young woman's life, 10 years old is just like a crazy year, fifth grade. Like uh, everything's happening in fifth grade is what it felt like. And so to move into a house with a man that I feel like I barely knew, um, and we were very, like, poor. Mm. My mom, we didn't have a lot of money. We would shop at the Goodwill and the Salvation Army, which is, like, really cool now. But back then, it was, like, you smell. And so we didn't really have a ton of money. And we moved <laughs> to Rockwall, which is, like, the richest county in Texas. And so uh, I went in with, like, my my first day of fifth grade. I wore a red Mickey Mouse tennis shirt. And um, I wore these jeans that had chains on them and these, like, platform skate shoes I just thought I was so cool, but I walk in and everyone's like wearing Hollister and yeah. an American Eagle. And I had never even heard of those things. I was like, Oh, <laughs> like looking at my outfit. I'm like, I got to change. So, um, fifth, <laughs> fifth grade was a tough, <laughs> tough time. And fifth grade, yeah. 10 years old was the first time I ever viewed pornography. That would start an 11 year addiction in the dark. No one ever knew until I was 21. And it would also fifth grade would be the year that, um, a girl told me that I had big cheeks. She said, your cheeks are kind of big. And it was the first time I ever thought about myself as being chubby. And that would start an eight-year struggle with eating disorders. And so by the time I was 16, um, there was not a God that cared about me as far as I as I knew. As, as If it was up to me, it's like, there's not a God that cares. There's not a God that loves me. And if if he if if he is, I don't know where he is in the middle of this. If he is real, if he mm-hmm. does love me, if yeah. he does care about me, he has a really terrible way of showing it. Is kind of what I believe. So yeah. by the time I was sixteen, I was self harming, struggling with an eating disorder, um, had an addiction to pornography, and had tried to take my own life three times. And I look back at that now. That's always the part when I share my story. That's always the part where everyone gets like really somber, and it's kind of like, oh man, that's really sad. But I like I love telling that part because I speak from such a place of victory. Satan really yeah. tried. He really did try. But mm. the the truth is, is that God has always been my block and tackle, always been my greatest defense. And it was like, if there is one thing that you're going to survive, it is this hardship, so that you can be who I need you to be for girls that are going to need you yeah. at that age. And so I always like to speak from a place of victory that mm. the enemy couldn't, he even he couldn't keep me down, the lies, all of that. So when I was 16, I moved in with my grandma after my dad sat me down and um, after my last attempt at suicide, sat me down and told me that I was too much for him. And he said, this is too much for me. You're too much for me. I don't know how to deal with you. And looking back, I have nothing but compassion for my dad because his mom passed away when he was 10 and his dad was physically abusive to him. So he didn't know how to deal with this like 16 year old emotional wreck of a daughter. And I literally moved into my grandma's house. I thought I was Avril Lavigne. I would wear (laughs) really dark eye makeup and the tie around my Mm -hmm. neck. And (laughs) I love it. (laughs) The tie. Like the wristbands. Mm -hmm. I like literally thought. I was like, I just was like, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Like, I just was really out of mm-hmm. And I moved into my house, my grandma's house, which my grandma loved Jesus. Like, 
she would have gospel music mm. playing all the time and Bible verses everywhere. She had like 900 Bibles, which is like, why do you need that many? Like just was, she like loved, <laughs> loved God. So the contrast of yeah. really heaven meeting earth of me moving yeah. in was like just crazy. And yeah, after staying there for a few days, she came into my room that I was staying in. I was actually sleeping in my mom's old bedroom, which is a really cool part of the story too. And my grandma's bedroom is right across the hallway from mine. And she came in and she was just like, hey, I have something I want you to read. No pressure. Just like left it on the bed. She was like, you can read it if you want. And she left the room and it was, it was the Bible <laughs> and it was a uh, spoiler alert. It was the Bible and it was open to Psalm 139. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like this hopeless young girl who thought nobody, nobody cared for her, let alone the God of the universe could ever view her as a thought. But I, I didn't think mm. my mom cared about me. My dad cared about me, my, my family. I didn't think that my friends cared about me. I literally thought that I was alone on an island. And I opened this book <laughs> and this specific chapter is about how God knows when I stand up and when I sit down and whenever I go this to this place and if I go to this place and God knew whenever I wanted to die and God knew whenever I've been having the best day of my life and he knew every single day of my life before I breathed a single breath and everything was planned out and I have he knows all the freckles on my face and all the hairs on my head and he has them numbered and he thinks about me and the thoughts he has about me outnumber the grains of sand and I'm sitting there like this is about me it was like for the first time it was like mm -hmm. oh no, no no this is actually about me and I just sat there weeping, just a weepy mess. And I opened the door and my grandma is in her bed and she's weeping and her arms are open and we hug. And I always tell people that's the first mm -hmm. time I really feel like I physically met Jesus hugging her because she was waiting for me to come home. God was waiting for me to come home. And it was like this beautiful picture of just redemption and really victory. And so she ended up showing me a journal, like right then and there, she had it out ready. She was like, this is a journal I kept from whenever your mom was pregnant with you. And she opens it and it said, the baby in Amy's belly, which is my mom's name. The baby in Amy's belly is going to be a missionary and she's going to tell thousands of people about Jesus. And so at that moment, I was like, yeah. let's knock it ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I'm like, that's a, it's amazing that God had already spoken that to her. And then now to see it come to pass in the ways that God has just allowed me to share my story. Now I'm like... What a beautiful, beautiful road to get to where I am now, but a hard one. So that's the story. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You, your story is crazy, beautiful, wild, sad, hard, like all the things, mm -hmm. but like you are now is so incredible. So I guess after that moment, wait, how old were you when you kind of were like, 16 oh, is whenever like I accepted Good. Jesus as my savior. Okay, what did that journey look like for you of like, okay, now I can trust in something other than my parents or people or friends? What does it look like to rebuild trust in God, not have like bitterness or anger? What did that journey of rebuilding look like well, for you? Well, I would say like I'm still on the journey. The journey's long and like scripture says, I don't think it'll be complete until the day I meet Jesus face to face. And I think that... Um, Especially having such a crazy story, I think God just, the testimony and the, the rebuilding and the trust is like just an every single day thing of like re-surrender. Yeah. But from that point forward, I actually had to move back into my dad's house shortly after that because of school district stuff. And so 
I have six brothers and three sisters that are all blended. So like I have two blood brothers, but like we had a house of nine and it was just Hmm. absolute chaos 24 seven. Everyone had sports to play and plays to be in and practices to go to. And so coming to know Jesus, I'm like, this is awesome. And then I moved back in with my dad and I'm like, it's the same old thing. I'm like, so what's different now? And the difference is that I had a new hope. I did have an anchor that I did feel like I could pray and I could talk to God, but living openly and outwardly as a Christian, I just remember one time having dinner with my whole family and telling them that I was a Christian now and them just mocking me. I just remember one of my stepbrothers literally being like, oh, but she's a Christian now, so she's holy. And it was kind of that way until I I moved out at 18. Um, I would say that I didn't start really following Jesus, like really surrendering my life. I didn't know you were supposed to do that. There was no one to really guide me. I joined a youth group, but I didn't have like a mentor. And I think mentors are so crucial. And that's why I tell everybody, if you don't know what to do with your life, go to the next generation. If you're wondering if God can use you, he will in the next generation. Go and serve and be in student ministry, be in kids ministry. The next generation is the answer because they need mentors. We need people to tell us how to walk with God. And I didn't know how to until I was 20, I would say 22. And I like, 22 is whenever I met my mentor and she was like, oh, you actually have to, your life actually has to reflect what you believe. And I was like, oh, so you don't just memorize the worship songs so you can close your eyes and sing them. Your life has to reflect what you're saying. And so I would say like Hmm. the journey to finding out that you live like you believe what you believe didn't happen for me until 21, but I have been doing girls ministry. I became a small group leader at 18 and I've been doing girls ministry for 10 years now. So really finding out God was wow. like going to use me. He was like, no matter what happens, I'm going to use you. So whether or not you're walking closely with me or not, like there's going to be something that I'm going to ask you to do for me. So girls ministry is really where my heart is. My passion is just younger girls and pouring into them and being the person that I needed whenever I was their age is just huge to me. So I've been doing girls ministry, small group ministry um, since I was 18. So that's kind of been the journey to yeah. get there. Wow. So good. That's so cool. So incredible. I think just the tangible, almost like picture of God's redemption through you getting to be that person that you needed for other girls is just like the coolest thing ever. And such evidence of a God who cares about you and who saw you before he knit you together in your mother's womb. Like in that moment, he saw who he was making you to be. And I guess maybe the girl who's even wrestling with, okay, I'm not there yet. I'm, I don't see the redemptive story yet in my hardships or in my struggles or in my brokenness. I'm just in the midst of them. And how can I trust that God cares when I don't even see a, a glimpse of redemption? Like, what do you say to her? What's like the encouragement that you wish you would have known maybe like before that moment with your grandma that like, you know, could have helped you to know, even in that moment, like God cares, even when it's hard. That's so good. Lamentations three, I would say the one of my favorite things that God has taught me in the last just year of my life is, and yet this, I call to mind. And when we call things to Mm -hmm. mind, we're calling to mind the faithfulness and the goodness of God that we've seen in our lives. Like I have to, there are still days where I'm like, why am I doing this? What's the point? And I know you guys can relate to just feeling like there's no fruit. You're like, am I doing this for nothing? This I call to mind and therefore I have hope. What I call to mind is the faithfulness Mm -hmm. of God in the rest of the story. And if you're saying, I don't see God even in my own story, I've never seen his faithfulness in my own story. Look at the Bible. Look at the scripture. His faithfulness is every single page. His goodness, his, him being faithful and true is every single page. 
And if you can't find faithfulness in your own life or his kindness in your own life or his goodness in your own life, scriptures are full of where that's his character. That's who he actually is. So whether or not you feel that way, that's who he is. And he doesn't change. He's the Mm -hmm. same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I would say in my life, I'm always encouraged to call to mind the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And when I do that, I can look back and say, wow, look at how faithful God was in this year of my life. And even though I can't feel it right now, I'm not feeling the faithfulness, I'm not feeling the goodness of God. I can remember when he was faithful and believe that because he was faithful before he will be faithful again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I love that calling to mind those moments of faithfulness. And I'd imagine for you, Lacey, that you had this big story of redemption of what God did. God like showing, Hey, I see you. I care about you. Look what I have planned for you and look how I'm going to use you. And then you've gotten to, to walk in that. And I'm sure something that we can relate on as well is that even when you have that big moment, there are still days where you do doubt if he cares. It's those little quiet heart desires that you have that you're like, God, will you ever see those? Will you ever like answer those prayers? Those prayers that are a little bit more nuanced and those prayers that maybe don't seem to matter as much in the kingdom. And I don't know, like what are, what are those like rhythms or things that you're doing on the daily that like, when you get to those places where you're like, okay, God, I know you care about me and I know you love me because you're using me, but do you care about blank? Do you care about this thing that I care about? What do you say to those moments? Because I feel like those moments are just as real too. Totally. A thousand percent. They are just as real. Um, I would say I have like a, a journal. It's called my book of blessings. And I mm-hmm. write down just the tiniest things, the biggest things. Anytime I feel like God has answered a prayer or done something cool or spoken to me through somebody else, I always like to just jot it down in my notes. If I don't have my book of blessing with me, I will jot down my note section and then add it later. But whenever I'm feeling like God doesn't yeah. care about the small stuff, I'm so reminded in the moments that he did. So it's again, that, that idea of calling to mind. I think that's an amazing thing. Obviously, if you don't have a book of blessing and you're like, no, I I need something more practical. You have to be running the race with people who believe the same thing that you believe. And if I did not have my best and closest friends, I know you two can relate to this, having each other. If I didn't have other believers who were literally linking arms with me and believing God with Mm. me, I would not be able to survive. And so find people. I know making friends as a young adult is so hard, but find people, make yourself uncomfortable, join a small group, join a life group at church, Google churches in your area if you can't find one. Um, find a group and a community that you can join and be a part of. Find a delight group. Do something that where it's even if it's awkward and uncomfortable walking in for the first time by yourself, the reward and the fruit is that you have people that will link arms with you. And on the days when you can't believe, they will hold your arms up and believe for you. And that's like the whole point of our Christian walk is community, is to link arms together and believe for each other. So I think that is like a humongous part of believing that for the small things and is having other people who will believe for you when you can. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that. I think that's so true that because there are so many days we were talking about it before this episode began. There are so many days where it gets hard and you're like, does this matter? Like, God, where are you in the midst of it? And I think there are, we have community and we have people who are those eyes and ears when our eyes are shut or our ears are closed or whatever it is. And I think that that's so important. And those are really the moments that I'm so thankful. Like I can see, look back over my life and see the moments where God literally used someone to keep me close and to keep me believing that he did care about me because sometimes I think it is hard when we can't maybe like 
tangibly feel God with us in certain moments or we're having a hard time hearing his voice, but he gives us these people that like get to be that tangible manifestation of his love for us in those moments. Totally. I think that's really powerful and cool. So good. All right, this is for all of my college ladies out there who are trying to figure out what in the heck you are going to do this summer. I remember the days when you're like, should I do an internship? Should I get a job? Should I go home? Should I be a waitress? What should I do? Well, I have an incredible opportunity for you that number one, you're going to get paid for. And number two, it is so impactful and an incredible way to serve Jesus and to meet some amazing people this summer. And that is becoming a camp counselor or so many other opportunities at Windshape Camps. Windshape is on the lookout for the ultimate top-notch college girls like you to serve as a counselor, a program staff, worship leader, media, or even in admin roles at one of their three overnight camp locations in the North Georgia mountains or traveling the country even, bringing camp to one of their 90 church partners. One of my favorite things about Windshape, in my opinion, is that they are the highest paying summer camp in the country. And for the entire summer, they cover your food, your lodging, and your travel to and from camp. I mean, It is a no-brainer opportunity for you because if you're wanting to serve Jesus this summer in a really fun, exciting, impactful way, then I think this is it. I think Windshape Camps is just like, come on, sign up. Go be a camp girl this summer. Kins and I are jealous. We wish we could be camp girls with you if only we weren't old women. But you can learn more information by signing up using our super easy and simple interest form. The link is in the show notes. And we will send you more information on this incredible experience. You have nothing to lose. Scroll to those show notes, click the link, and sign up for more information about working at Windshape. Okay, Lacey, I want to know if there are some days that you wake up and you're like, you just feel kind of like your past is still like attached to your identity and you're like, oh, but I can't do this because I grew up this way or because I had those thoughts once or I'm not qualified. And yeah, I want to know if there's days that you wake up like that and then what do you do in response to those feelings and lies? Uh, Yes. The short answer is yes. There are so many of those days, especially as the Lord continues to grow my reach The more he grows my reach and expands my reach, the more Satan is just completely so angry about that and just comes at me 10 times harder. And so the lies get louder at some points. And so there are so many days, especially lately, I'll be honest and just frank, in the last two weeks, I've been waking up and I'm getting a Mm. lot of hate comments on the internet, a lot of people just in my DMs that are very angry about my content um, and people really attacking, trying to attack my character. And so in those moments, I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're right because that is who I used to be. And I did, I was this person and I have Mm. done these things. And my story is, I just was really honest with you guys. There was a lot of dirt and grime and things in there. I think a, a few things. One of the things I have to do is I always tell somebody I'm feeling that way. I think our temptation is to isolate and to just deal with it on our own. And I think there is beauty in just being alone with God the Father a thousand percent. So there are definitely days where I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm just going to go to God in prayer and just wrestle this out with him and be on my face on (laughs) crying and wrestling. But there's also days where I'm like, I 
need people to know that I'm really struggling today. So I'll, I'll call my three. When I was in youth group, they would say like, find your three, build your 12. And your three is like your people. And then your 12 is like your reach. And so I have a three, three girls that I would call or text and say, hey, I'm struggling today. Shame is big today or whatever. And they'll stop and they'll pray for me, but they'll also encourage me with scripture. They'll encourage me with, you know, things that they've been through or what they've experienced in that kind of situation. But I think a big, big, big thing is when we're in the middle of hard circumstances or we're in the middle of Satan trying to speak lies to us that are really loud and they seem really big, we have to be able to combat those lies with the truth. If the truth is not in us, we have nothing to say. I have no way to to fight. And so as much as God is our block, he is our tackle, he is our defender, and he will do it for us, there's also this piece of me that's like, I need to have the word of God living in my heart so that I can come back 10 times harder when Satan's coming and tell me your past is too big. God can't use you. You're not called to this. You're not, you think that somebody with a story like that can teach other women how to live? Are you kidding? So when that comes, I have to have scripture. And then I also think about like, can you imagine if Paul always lived like he was Saul? Can you imagine if like whenever Satan came to (laughs) like, like if, if, if Paul, like freaking Paul, the most amazing dude lived like he was always Saul. And he'd like, whenever you know, he came to be like, well, you can't do that because you remember you were Saul and you were you used to kill people and you're proclaiming the Christ that used to kill people. Like, can you imagine if he just was like, yeah, you're right. I guess I'm just always going to be Saul. Mm-hmm. He would have never accomplished the things that he accomplished and brought so many people to the kingdom and into the house of Jesus. Like he really did that because he chose to believe I'm Paul now. I'm not Saul. So be believing that I'm under this new name and my name didn't change from like Stacy to Lacey, but I, my identity was forever changed. I don't have to be yeah, who I was because I have a new name and I have a new identity, a new purpose. And so whenever he comes to, to try and remind me of who I used to be, I'm like, I have to remember the scripture, what God says about me. I have affirmations that I read every single morning that are on my refrigerator, on my bathroom mirror, on in my car mirror. They're everywhere, all over the house because I have to read over like, I'm strong and mighty in Christ. I am not who... I used to be. I am who God says I am. So those are also on my Instagram under one of my highlights. And I literally tell everybody to print them out and put them everywhere because it just reminds you of who you are like in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. I'm sure coming from that and the hard days that are attached to that, I could also imagine that you're also so fueled by like your past too of like, okay, I want to like reach people that have been in those situations and have a past or things have been hard or lonely and isolated. And I just think that's so cool. And for anybody listening to this too, I think there's something there. God can use you so much to turn around and impact the people behind you. And are you thinking about that girl all the time? Are you like on mission, Lacey? You're just like, okay, I'm I'm doing this for little Lacey. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> yeah, I've never called her little Lacey, but now I think I'm going to start calling her that. But I always, I, I, I know I'm going to, I always look for myself in a crowd. Whenever I go speak at events, I always like look at yeah. my, look for myself. And the person I look for is the person that is not making eye contact with me. The person that doesn't want to like actually hear what I have to say. Maybe they're on their phone texting, trying to avoid like eye contact or trying to avoid conviction. That was me. So I look for myself in the crowd and I always try to make a point to have a conversation with that person afterwards. And just so that they know that they are seen. It's not always like a big, amazing conversation where they confess all their sin, but it's just like, hey, like, hope you had a great time. Things like that. So trying to always find myself and every little girl, crowd of girls I speak to or women is also something that's huge for me because it really is all about being who I needed to whenever I was younger. Yeah. 
That's so good. Yeah. And I just love the kind of comparison to Paul not living like he was salt. Like Paul really didn't. He literally left that old life behind and he was like, this is who I am now. This is what God has spoken over my life. And he never, like you can just tell like the confidence, the boldness he had, not because of who he was, but because of the mission that Christ had sent him on and who Christ was in him. And I just think that's such good encouragement. We have every, all authority to not live in the old, but to live in this new creation self that God created us for. And it's a waste of yeah, time for us. Totally. And I feel like God is like, what are you doing? Like, I, I made you new. Like, you do not have to stay tied to those old lies and those old narratives. And I just think that's so powerful. And I don't know, as we're sitting here, I just really feel like the girl who clicked on this episode, the girl who's like, for the girl who wonders if God really cares. I'm just so excited. Hopefully everything that you spoke over her, just like encouraging her and helping her to just see that like God really does care and that God is pursuing her. And I, I just believe like this episode is for her, like actually for her. God had her in mind when we decided to do this episode. And I just think it'd be really cool just to kind of close it out if you would just pray for that girl and just speak, speak truth to her and just like God's heart over her. I just think it'd be a a cool way to close. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, sweet. Um, Lord, thank you just so much that you are our great defender. God, that you go before us in our wars and you, you go not only to fight on our behalf, but to win. And you come back with the head of our enemy and then you call it victory for us. And so thank you, God, that we get to live from a place of victory because of you. Thank you, God, that in the days and the moments where we wonder if anybody cares for us, we wonder if you could ever care for us or you could ever see us. God, I just, I thank you that it's not up to us to find hope. You are the living hope. So thank you, God, that you live in us. So God, thank you in the moments where we can't find it, you give us rest and you and you just become that for us. And so God, for the girl to today that's wondering if you care about her, God, would you just wrap her in your presence, wrap her in your arms, God, and remind her that you go before her, that you are her block and her tackle and that you would do anything. There is no, nothing that could stop you from finding her, from speaking to her heart, God. You are a lie tearing down, a wall kicking down, God, and you would not stop at anything to get to your girl. And so God, would you just remind us today of that for the girl that's listening and doesn't, is having trouble believing that you're good, Lord. Would you just remind her of all the things that you've done to get to her heart and impress upon her the things that you will do moving forward, Jesus? We trust your faithfulness and your goodness because we've seen it all of our lives in the scriptures and in the ways that you've saved us. So thank you, Jesus, in advance for what you're going to do for this girl and for us right now. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lacey. This is so good and so full of truth. And you guys, you got to follow along. Lacey is literally... (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't know how funny you were until like probably five months ago. There was one video. It just got me. You're like hilarious. My husband thinks you're hilarious too. It's just a good time over here. (laughs) I'm so honored. Thank you. That you really do live in such confidence and boldness and courage. And it's such a testament to, I mean, and hearing your story even adds so much to it all. So you're the best. So good. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. All right, Lacey, we're so grateful for you. Guys, follow along with Lacey. We'll have all your links in the notes below. And for the girl fam, we will catch you for another podcast episode next week. We love ya.